It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We talk often on this podcast about BYU's quarterback position group and obviously the question marks surrounding it. Well, a quarterback's best friends are guys who are going to bring down the ball when it's thrown the direction. The good news is for BYU football, the wide receiver position group is well-stocked and should stand out in spring ball. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. That's why LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs is helping for the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Welcome on in. Let's talk some BYU football right out of the gate here on a President's Day. Hope you're having a fantastic holiday, even if you have to work or if you're like me, you actually have the day off of uh, your typical day job. Still here for you talking all things BYU sports. And today I want to talk about BYU's wide, wide, wide receivers going into spring camp for the Cougars. Now, uh, I said in the open that BYU's quarterback position group obviously has huge question marks surrounding it. Who is going to be BYU QB1 when they kick off the season uh, in August? That's a huge, huge question. But the nice part is whoever it is, whether it's Jake Retzloff, Gary Bohannon, Trayson Bourget, or any of the other contenders for that job, they are going to have a position group that is going to be uh, their best friend, and that's the BYU wide receivers. The thing about this position group is I think BYU feels so confident in this position group right now. They've actually allowed multiple guys to change positions during spring camp to see if it's the right move for them. Now, could they revert back and play wide receiver this fall? That's very much a case that could play out. But I think BYU understands that their top end of their wide receiver room right now is about as good as it's been in some time, and that should bode well for whoever wins that quarterback job. So let me throw up a graphic here. For those of you watching this on YouTube, those of you who are listening, we'll talk about these players as well. But what I'm throwing up here are kind of the uh, guys in the room that I expect to really stand out this spring. And there are six guys that are going to be BYU's top guys at wide receiver. And obviously it starts with Chase Roberts, who is a guy that I think has got all the potential to really break out this fall. And the thing about Chase is, he was slowed early on after coming home off of his mission due to some injury concerns, but since then he's been flying high, and there's no reason to think that with just yet another season of going through off-season workouts, working on his game, and refining his skills, he could have maybe his best season yet for BYU, but he's not the only one that's looking for those touches, as it were, in terms of uh, receptions being and balls being thrown their way. Cody Epps, same type of circumstance. Those two guys spent a lot of time on the sideline together early on in their BYU careers due to numerous... Uh, 
injury concerns. Cody is a guy that BYU would love to have a fully healthy season and see truthfully what he is capable of accomplishing if he's able to play 12 or 13 games. And that is a huge question mark. Can he officially accomplish that? And then there's two other guys that I think are poised to really make an imprint. And they all both did already last year for BYU. And they are the two transfers BYU added last year in Darius Lassiter as well as Keelan Marion. Now, Darius Lassiter, this is his final season in a collegiate uniform. He is going to be out of eligibility after 2024. So he'll obviously be wanting to make the most of his opportunities and hopefully make an impression enough that he can continue his playing career in the pro ranks. Whereas Keelan Marion, folks, he has still got two years of eligibility to play for BYU. And who knows what Keelan can become for the Cougars because the thing about it is he has got the ability to contribute in the receiving uh, category but also the return game and his ability in both have electrifying uh, type potential that I think BYU would want to utilize and uh, highlight and just to get the most out of if at all possible. Those four in particular in my mind are your likely top four slash starter types for BYU. The other two on this graphic are two guys to keep an eye on because I think they're going to be steady contributors and down the road could challenge uh, for starting job reps and that is uh, Parker Kingston obviously a hometown kid uh, from northern Utah Roy High School who has come into his own was very very good in multiple circumstances last year and his pure unadulterated speed speaking of Parker Kingston a lot of these guys on in this wide receiver position group have got speed Parker outclasses them all I have it on very good authority that he was the fastest guy in pads for the entire BYU football program last season and I don't see why he would lose a step at, at any point Point here, and he should maintain that blistering speed. And I think his ability to continue to kind of increase his skill set and become a more well rounded receiver, and similar to Keelan Marion. His ability to be a return guy, a threat in the return game, those two could uh make some for some interesting moments on special teams for the Cougars. And then the Young Buck, a guy that I am excited to finally see. He caught his first career touchdown last season while still redshirting. That is JoJo Phillips. Now, JoJo Phillips, in terms of overall height, is the biggest wide receiver in the BYU wide receiver group right now. Listed at six foot five, and he is all of that. The ability to really uh, stretch the field is another thing that I am very impressed with. He is not a guy who is going to... Uh, uh, let his height uh, be a detriment to him in terms of his overall, the way he plays. And that actually plays to his strengths because when he needs to go up and make a play in the air, he's got that ability. This is a former basketball player. He played at Sierra Canyon High School. Some of you may know that as the alma mater of Bronny James, LeBron James Jr. Yes, uh, they were contemporary, speaking of JoJo Phillips and Bronny. And JoJo brings a basketball mindset to the football field, but at the same time, he's got that speed element to him that I think uh, belies the fact that he is six foot five. So I'm looking forward to seeing in spring camp how JoJo does as compared to the rest of these guys. Now, some of these guys may not get all of the reps you would expect in spring camp because they are veterans. Guys like uh, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Darius Lasseter, Keelan, they have played a lot of football at this point. So they may get a day off here and there, so called veteran days, and uh, giving an opportunity for the younger guys in the wide receiver position group uh, to get a look. But don't, uh, don't assume that uh, them maybe missing time is a bad thing because I think it just shows that they have uh, got an ability and they're expected to contribute, and they just already have things down pat. Now, three other additions to this wide receiver room are worth talking about, as well as three guys that, as I understand it, are going to make position group uh, 
position changes during spring camp. So start off with Devin Downing. Uh, was originally going to be on scholarship, then got moved to uh, walk-on status, preferred walk-on status. But Downing, a similar uh, body type to a guy like Chase Roberts. They both played at American Fork High School where their bigger body types may not the fastest guys on the field, but got really, really nice ball skills. Hopefully, uh, Devin Downing can show what he's capable of during spring camp. Jake Hill out of Snow Canyon High School down there in southern Utah was a guy just off of his mission. Oh, excuse me. Who wasn't off of mission? I, I'm talking about the wrong guy. I'm talking about Dominique McKenzie. We'll get to Dominique here in a minute. Jake Hill was a guy who joined BYU at a Snow Canyon High School last year and is a guy that had crazy production at the high school level and this spring will be his chance to really kind of step in and show what he's capable of and as I mentioned the return missionary Dominique McKenzie one of the fastest guys in Utah high school sports when he was a senior in high school his older brother not his older brother his twin brother Marcus McKenzie was on the roster this past season was a special teams ace as many of you might recall before suffering what ended up being a season ending injury Uh, they are two peas in a pod pure speed fantastic athletes and bring a track speed element to the football field. Marcus is going to play a cornerback spot for BYU, whereas Dominique, who is now home off of his mission and working out with BYU, is going to play wide receiver. His speed element is something to keep an eye on because similar to a guy like Parker Kingston, he was among, if not one of the fastest guys in his high school class in the state of Utah. And that class that I'm talking about, the one that McKenzie came out, both McKenzie brothers, I think Parker Kingston was in that group as well. And then a guy that is going to come home off of a mission after spring camp ends, Cody Hagan. They were all kind of in that same group there, and they absolutely were blistering the track. Running, we're talking a uh, near 10 minute uh, flat of four, of not 100, of. Uh, 100-yard uh, dash. They got just pure speed. That's the one thing about it. They're, they're thoroughbreds, and that is a fantastic thing to have in BYU's wide receiver room because this is a wide receiver position for BYU traditionally that's been more on the ability to catch the ball, have those sticky hands, uh, beat you with route running versus uh, pure speed, and then also just being the uh, toughest you-know-what's on the field when it came to playing the position. Well, you add a speed element to, uh, to all that as well, add that on top of everything else these BYU wide receivers are known for, that that is a positive thing. And a guy like Dominique McKenzie, keep an eye on him. Maybe spring camp he's a little slowed up because he just recently returned home from mission uh, from, from his mission. But he has got the ability to be a guy that BYU can count on down the road. Now, I mentioned there are three guys who I am hearing are going to make position changes for BYU. So, uh, bear with me for a moment. This is one, the first one. Not a lot surprising. We heard it from Aaron Roderick's old, own mouth. It's Keanu Hill, who is a standout wide receiver for BYU, but they're going to bulk him up. He's going to play tight end. There's a very good chance that Keanu Hill could be BYU's number one tight end during the 2024 football season. His just his ability to go and catch the ball, make plays, and the fact that he's got that wide receiver mentality, whereas he's playing the tight end position, I think it set him apart there. And then two other uh, receivers for BYU making a position change during spring camp to the defensive side of the football include Koa Eldridge and then Kevin Doe. Now, Eldridge is out of Hawaii. Kevin Doe is out of the Utah prep ranks. Both of them are good athletes. And I think BYU, just understanding there are, there are nine other guys in this receiver room, are going to give them a look on the defensive side of the football and see if it might be a better fit for their skill set. One thing I know about Kevin Doe, is he's got a legit speed in his own right, and we'll see if that serves him well on the defensive side. Whereas a guy like Koa Eldridge, he seems to be a, a kind of a master of all uh, types of uh, athleticism. He's He's got good speed, good size, good ability with the ball. So it, maybe that translates to him being a standout defender for BYU, whether it's a cornerback or at safety. As I understand it, both of these guys are going to start out at cornerback working with Gennaro Guilford during spring camp. And we'll see if that position grew, uh, position switch changes uh, position switch 
takes hold for those guys, or if they revert back and move back into Fessy Satake's uh, wide receiver room. It's just it's a big debate, but uh, keep an eye on those two during spring camp. Are they going to be guys who are probably going to make major noise at either position, whether it's cornerback or wide receiver? No, but BYU is giving them a chance to find uh, a place to play on the field, and that's a big part of this. A lot of these kids uh, spend a lot of time waiting to play football, and sometimes the best uh, thing you can do is make a position change and find your way onto the field that way, and we'll see if it pans out for those young men. So there you go. That's why i got to break down for you as a wide receiver, but the nice part is it appears on paper that BYU is super well-stocked at the wide receiver position, and once again, whoever BYU's quarterback ends up being is going to have a stockade, a uh, 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 I don't know what you, whatever adjective you want to use. He's going to have all kinds of weapons, especially at the receiver position to get the ball to. And the nice part is there is no shortage of options either for BYU, and that should bode well for the Cougars going in to 2024. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip over and talk some BYU basketball. Highly, highly disappointing loss for BYU men's basketball at Oklahoma State. Uh, frankly, maybe maybe their worst performance of the season to date. We'll talk about what went wrong for the Cougars and where they go from here. We'll talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Of course, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality candidates that are just right for your role. That's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And it's not just another job board out there, my friends. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to give you uh, your chance to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else and does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is so easy with our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. They have that many quality candidates online. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours and get on with it today. The best part is LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the adequate time or resources to hire for the jobs they are looking for. So they want to help you guys out. 2.5 million uh, small businesses are already using LinkedIn. I encourage you guys to do so as well. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post that job for free. Terms and conditions of apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. Of course, uh, some great news from our friends at UCCU. They've just elevated their checking accounts by enhancing them with more benefits, more savings, and more online protections. That's awesome, my friends. It's more than ever before, a lot more. Paired with the most advanced and comprehensive mobile banking tools, elevated checking is a must-have financials product packed with lifestyle, security, and financial benefits, all from your friends at UCCU. The lifestyle benefits alone include cell phone coverage, roadside assistance, telehealth with 24-7 access to life health professionals with zero copay and exclusive savings on travel, shopping, and dining. It's incredible, my friends. Take advantage of this today. And elevated checking is free when you do any one of the following. Use your debit card or credit card 15 times or more a month. Make a monthly direct deposit of $500 or more. Or maintain an average of a daily balance of $1,500 with our friends at UCCU. Otherwise, UCCU elevated checking is just $6 a month if you want to take advantage of it that way. So visit UCCU.com to open an elevated checking account online. Or stop by any branch to open an account today. My friends, that's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you for being with us every single day here on the network. I want to encourage you, if you've not done so already, uh, check out our Locked On Cougars Insiders group. There's a link to it uh, in the show notes. It's a great way to interact with the show and get uh, updates that come directly to your phone via text message from myself. And you can fire back with questions as well, and I'll see them in short order uh, on my end. So appreciate you guys who have already signed up for that. I would encourage you guys to continue to do so as well. All right, let's talk some BYU basketball. Now, 
Tough loss for the Cougars as they went to Oklahoma State on Saturday. But I think the biggest thing to take away from this loss for BYU is that it just shows, once again, that this Big 12 conference, frankly, it's just cannibalizing it itself. And is that a bad thing? Not necessarily, but does it really have an elite team that's going to come out of the conference that's going to be considered to be a Final Four lock? That is a big question. Now, Iowa State and Houston are leading the way. They are at the top of the standings right now, whereas BYU has sunk back, still in the middle of the pack here. But the thing about the Cougars is I think that this is a loss for BYU that should be one of those things that makes them uh, kind of step back and realize, hold on, we need to change some things about the way we play the game of basketball. The number one thing I took away from this game against Oklahoma State for BYU is where in the world has BYU's cohesive uh, team uh, element of just playing good, solid defense gone? The past two games uh, that for BYU, one was a win, obviously, but the loss to Oklahoma State, you know what BYU's average points given up per game the past two games is? If you guess 90.5 points per game, you are dead on. BYU's given up an average of 90.5 points per game. Now, you can't have a half a point in basketball. We get all that, but it is still highly distressing to watch BYU's once uh, very solid, if not vaunted defense, have uh, seemingly fallen by the wayside. Uh, is BYU not uh, willing to put in the effort uh, team-wide on that side of the basketball? I don't know uh, the answer to that. And I hope that they will get back to playing better defense because that's been a big key to BYU doing what they have done. Now they're 18-7 and seven on the year, 6-6 six and six in conference. They're still in the mix, but this was a game against Oklahoma State that should have been in your back pocket. Now, we also can acknowledge that Oklahoma State came out and pretty much for the entire game was shooting outside of their bloody minds. Uh, they ended up shooting, what was it, 59.6% from the field for the game, 50% from three. Those numbers, yeah, that's... That's that's a little bit of an anomaly, but it is still uh, concerning that BYU couldn't get a lid on what is the bottom dweller of the Big 12 standings in the Oklahoma State Cowboys. You might look at it this way and say that Oklahoma State, well, they just proven that they can beat anybody on any given day. And we have seen other teams like Kansas, etc., lose to much... Uh, m- Far, far less, if, I don't want, I'm all over the place today, but inferior opposition. Losing games like this are distressing, but the biggest thing for me for BYU is they can't hit the broadside of the barn with a three recently. They got 35 attempts in this game, made just eight of them. That's 22.9% from the field. They shot 43.7% from the field overall, but the bigger concern is where is the defense gone? This is a BYU team that if they give up 90 points on average per game, they may go winless the rest of the season. That's the concern you've got to have if you're a Cougar fan because this was the lull. Last week was kind of the lull in BYU's schedule. If you look at kind of, you broke up the conference uh, slate into six-game segments, so essentially one-third, one-third, one-third. The six games that BYU just finished, they ended up going four and two in that, is considered to be the far easiest of the bunches of BYU's schedule. The final six for the Cougars, whew, very, very tough starting tomorrow night against Baylor at home. Now, Baylor, I got you pretty thoroughly down there in Waco earlier on this season. You'll be looking for some payback against the 12th ranked uh, Bears. Now, that ranking will change. BYU's will change as well after I record this podcast. So, we'll update you with that when we preview uh, more about Baylor tomorrow. But then you're at Kansas and Kansas, uh, at Kansas State, at Kansas over the uh, long weekend upcoming. And then you're home to TCU at Iowa State, who wants revenge on you in their own right. And they're atop the standings tied with uh, Houston right now. And then, oh, by the way, you get a revenge spot on senior night at home in the regular season finale against these same Oklahoma State Cowboys. So there is a huge opportunity for BYU in these final six games. But if you're going to play the 
Ole's uh, soft defense that BYU played the past two games in particular, and in particular kind of the last 60 minutes of game time. I go back to the, the last half of the win over UCF and then the, the full 40 minutes against Oklahoma State. If that's the style of basketball BYU wants to play, good luck to you because you're going to have to outscore opponents, and these are teams coming up, Baylor, Kansas State, well, Kansas State TBD, uh, Kansas, uh, Iowa State, they are far more uh, man-for-man, I think, uh, uh, athletic than BYU is. And if you want to play with these teams and kind of just run with them, that's a big concern I've got for the BYU basketball program. I want to see them get back to being more defensive-oriented. Yes, this is a BYU team that we all know will hoist up shots, hoist up shots with impunity, and they don't have a, a conscience about uh, lobbing it up from all over the court. Shot selection is what it is at this point in the season. I, I had a number of you in my uh, comments uh, from the game against Oklahoma State. They're just taking awful three-point attempts. You know what? It's kind of what BYU's whole MO is, folks. They all are they are about getting up three pointers. Are some of them a poor shot selection? Yes, they are. There are other ones that are absolutely brilliant for BYU. The bigger concern I would have if I'm Mark Pope and the staff is where in the world are we going to get it done on the defensive end of the gla- uh, defensive side of the glass? Is it something you need to change in the lineup? You need to have uh, more buy-in from guys. I, I don't know, uh, frankly, what has happened because this was a team, speaking of BYU, that f- for the most part this season had been pretty good about playing cohesive uh, team help defense and making sure that they were mixing things up, running zones and running man at teams and uh, being willing to go full court press at times and really just uh, fluster opponents. Have opponents figured out all of BYU's defensive tricks? Maybe. Or is it something that BYU just isn't uh, doing uh, their, I guess for each guy, they're not doing their one-fifth and buying in to the team concept when it comes to the defensive effort for BYU. So it's a tough loss. Losing 93-83, to you never feel good about that, and especially when it was a team like Oklahoma State who was at the bottom of the standings and it felt like a game that you should be able to win. But if you're going to play, once again, soft and uh, just porous defense and allow teams to kind of get their shots... Well, it's going to be very, very tough to win in this league, and it's going to be tough for BYU uh, to continue to collect wins because a lot of people out there saying that they can get one more quad one or quad two win, and tomorrow obviously be a quad one win uh, beating uh, Baylor at home, a nationally ranked top 15 uh, Baylor team. That would go a long way to sealing up your spot in March Madness, but for the Cougars, if they want to play in Salt Lake City uh, in the first and second rounds, you've got to be a five-seed or higher. Losses like this to Oklahoma State don't help that. And I know that they could end up being a quad-two loss, but it is still not great perception-wise to lose to the bottom dweller of your conference standings. It just doesn't look good to the committee. So there is a lot of work to be done for BYU, and I've got faith that Mark Pope will get uh, get with his guys. He's going to lay into them a little bit, I'm sure, a little bit. But at the same time, love them up and say, guys, let's get back to doing what we're doing. We'll continue to shoot our shots. We'll continue to uh, do what we do on offense. But we've got to be able to get the job done on the defensive end of the of the, of the the court. If BYU can't do that, yeah, this is a this is going to be a tough stretch uh, to run the season out. And uh, there is a real likelihood, if they're going to play the style of defense that they have played the past two games, the BYU could go over the rest of the season. That would uh, not leave a good taste in anybody's mouth. So, uh, looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow night against uh, Baylor. And I guess the one thing I'll also slip in here is that there were a lot of other teams that lost in the top 25 for BYU. Now, uh, their losses, I think it was, uh, was it UConn beating uh, number four Butler. So, there's there, there's losses in the top 25, but then, there, so there, there's losses, and then there are 
losses. BYU's more of the latter, and what I mean by that is you don't want to lose to Oklahoma State. Losing to a ranked opponent like a Baylor, yeah, okay, that's far more forgivable. But uh, we'll see how the Cougars do, and I am expecting a better effort back on their home court tomorrow night against Baylor. But uh, TBD on if they can get the job done. That is a big, big question mark for the Cougars as it stands currently. All right, we will finish out today's edition of the show uh, by talking a little bit more about the rough weekend that was across all BYU sports, and it was not pretty. Uh, As good as last weekend was for the Cougars across the board, this past weekend, eh, just about as bleak as it could be. We'll talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, my friends, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Think about it yesterday. You could have been watching the NBA All-Star game. Yes, the East scored 200 points, and it was as uncompetitive as it's ever been in the NBA All-Star game, but you probably could have placed a bet, a $5 bet on a team scoring 200 points in that game, and guess what? The East would have hooked you guys up. That's as simple as it can be from our friends at FanDuel. We want to help you guys have fun when it comes uh, to the sporting events you're watching by enhancing your uh, viewing pleasure as well. It's 150 bucks if your bet wins. It's as simple as that. $5 bet, it wins. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets from our friends at FanDuel. Take advantage of it today. The best part is you don't have to bet on individual games. If you want to bet on season-long uh, trends, uh, you want to do over-unders, player props, quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props from our friends at FanDuel, it's all available to you now on the FanDuel app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot today. That's FanDuel.com. Dot com slash locked on to get started today as all courtesy of your friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first ever, uh, your first, not your first ever, maybe it is your first ever, but thank you for making it your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to check out Locked On Podcast Network's first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's on YouTube and now on, it's also on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today has you guys covered every single day with the top sports stories of the day with our, with our local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league as well. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app right now and subscribe to it. It's a really, really fun feature. All right. I mentioned uh, before we uh, talked about our friends over at FanDuel about the rough weekend it was for BYU. And it was rough. Uh, uh, Two straight uh, three-set losses for BYU men's volleyball as they fell to Grand Canyon uh, back-to-back nights at the Smith Fieldhouse. You have a fantastic outing for Lauren Gustin. She scores a 38, a career high. Uh, it was a 33, it was 33 and 18, I believe, for Lauren Gustin. But they still fall to Kansas 76, 70 to 62 on their home court. Uh, BYU baseball start off the season strong by beating USC eight to one, but then fell to Ohio State. Now BYU baseball is back in action today as they wrap up playing the Desert Invitational. 
Invitational down there in Arizona. They're going to be taking on Grand Canyon. It'll be a 1 o'clock uh, Mountain Time uh, first pitch down there at Sloan Park in Mesa, Arizona. So uh, the weekend could be salvaged a little bit by BYU Baseball. And also BYU Women's Volleyball uh, split their games over the weekend. But it's just one of those things. Uh, BYU Men's Golf, who had won the John H. Burns Invitational uh, last year, they finished in 13th place, a place that they probably didn't anticipate being in. 11 over for the tournament uh, in very tough conditions. There's a lot of wind out there, but still, it's just it's a really, really tough weekend uh, for BYU sports across the board. I mentioned it that uh, as good as last weekend was because it seemed like everybody uh, won for BYU sports last weekend. Uh, this past weekend, not as much, and that's the tough part, but there were still some good news. Uh, congratulations, by the way, go, are in order uh, going out to former BYU track and field and cross-country star Rory Linkletter. Uh, he has qualified for the Olympic uh, Marathon by qualifying for Team Canada. He did that in Spain over the weekend. So that is a positive because he'll be joining Clayton Young and Connor Mance as three former Cougars who are going to be in Paris this summer running the uh, running the marathon for their respective home countries. I mentioned Link Letter, uh, a native of Canada, and the two, uh, Mance and uh, Young uh, being Utah guys representing the United States of America. So congratulations in order to him. Are in, are in order for him. And also, BYU women's uh, tennis got their second straight win, winning 6-1 in their match over the weekend. But, man, uh, a whole lot of L's otherwise. And that's that's the tough part to stomach, but it's kind of the up-and-down nature of the level of sports that BYU has entered into now, being a member of the Big 12 Conference. You're playing against the big boys. You're playing against the big boys, big girls, whatever you want to term uh, it to be every single time you go out there. And the other part about it is maybe they are a G5 or a, a conference that's not necessarily well as well-known, a school you're taking on. But guess what? You in being in the Big 12 now has for you for BYU. You got a big fat target on your back as well. And that that's the tough part if you're uh, in BYU sports today is, yes, you are still trying to fight uh, for respect, uh, acclaim, uh, clout, whatever it is. But at the same time, all these schools you're going up against, they would love to be in your spot and they want nothing more than to take you guys down and uh, kind of knock you down a peg, as it were. And that that's the thing about this that I think all BYU sports are going to have to adapt to. Are there going to be weekends like last weekend where everything comes up aces and you're winning everything? Sure, that's absolutely going to happen. We're also going to have plenty of weekends like we're having right now. This past weekend, uh, across the board, some pretty tough L's to be absorbed, but that's kind of the nature of things uh, for BYU sports. So we'll see how BYU uh, men's baseball does today against Grand Canyon. I think a solid one-and-one start to the season for them as they beat as they beat a USC 8-1 in their opener and then lost to Ohio State 7-2 on Saturday. Can they get some uh, respect and go 2-1 and one on the weekend? We'll find out later this afternoon when BYU baseball takes the field down there in Mesa and kind of wraps up the weekend, a uh, long weekend because obviously with the holiday today. So thank you once again uh, for supporting the podcast, uh, no matter how you consume it, whether you're watching it, you listen to it, uh, however you do it, I appreciate all of the support and would love for you guys to continue to interact with the show. Drop us uh, comments in the notes below. Uh, interact with the show by liking it, uh, sharing it with your family and friends, uh, leaving us ratings and reviews, uh, especially if you're listening to this on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those five-star ratings are worth their weight in podcast gold for us as content creators. So uh, really uh, can't say enough about the support you guys have given the show, but obviously we'll continue to encourage you guys to continue to support us in coming days, weeks, and months ahead. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to flip back over to the defense for BYU, uh, uh, our spring camp series, our preview series 
rolls on. We're going to talk about BYU's defensive tackles tomorrow. A critical, critical position group for the future success of Jay Hill's defense. How critical are they? Well, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Cougars. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 